for all you folks that are listening or watching, I want you to pay attention to that because, you know, if I could go back and change that, I would, you know, um, and it's not about the money. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Crater. Today we're sitting down with Harry Kaminsky Jr., also known as the Brand Doctor. Okay, this guy is doing some massive things. Started off in the graphic design space, has now expanded into branding and really creating a powerful social presence for different large companies and influencers okay so he's going to talk about how he got his start in, in the graphic design space and was able to translate that into this huge agency that he's grown now doing multiple seven figures every single year how he got started by working with russell brunson and actually leverage that into creating this entire business he's going to share the story of how he was able to connect with russell and get that business and how he's able to make some serious serious he took some serious sacrifices when he was just starting off how he hit rock bottom and what he had to do when he got to that place to to get to where he's at now how he when he first went all in on a graphic design did 248 thousand dollars his very first year okay guys so this dude once he went in he went in and he's been seeing massive success and massive growth ever since so if you're in a place where you want to take your business off the ground or you have a business off the ground and you want to figure out how to turn that business into the lifestyle you want because recently um henry's actually found a way to cut the number of his clients um down by by a factor of four so he's he has a fourth of as many clients he's making even more money than he ever has before and he's got all the more time to spend with his family to spend with the people that he loves so if you want to learn how he's able to do that stay tuned for this episode you're gonna get a ton of value I know I did, um, so I'm super stoked to share it with you guys. So without further ado, I want you guys to sit back, relax, plug in, and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money with the one and only brand doctor, Henry Kaminsky Jr. All right, Henry, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? What's going on, brother? We're shaking. <laughs> not too much, not too much. I'm enjoying this wonderful, wonderful day. Now, Henry, our listeners got to hear a little bit about you in the intro to this episode, but for those of them that aren't familiar with who you are, what you're currently doing right now, give us a quick like 60 to 90 second snapshot of where you're at right now. Excellent. So started out as a graphic designer 13 years ago and scaled it to a seven-figure branding agency, and it has just been one hell of a windy road but I don't regret anything that has happened to me in the past. And I'm just happy to be here today sharing my experiences with you and your audience and helping them, you know, pave the path to one, a more fulfilling life and two, a, 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 a personal brand of their, of their own that, that they're proud to promote wherever that may take them in life. Mm, that's what's up. And I'm super stoked to dive into that because a lot of the younger listeners are asking me about personal branding, how they can build their own. Um, so I'm super stoked to dive all into that. But first, I like to start all the interviews off by flashing back in time to your early upbringing. We're talking like middle school, high school years. Since we do have a younger listener base here, um, talk to us about that time period for you. What were you into? What were you interested in? And um, what were you doing? So I was a huge, and I, is, I still am to this day, a huge hip hop fan. So I am a, an avid listener to like early 2000s. I'm 38 years old. So yeah. early 2000s, 90s hip hop, like that was my, that was, that was my music, my go-to, right? Mm -hmm. um, as far as personality goes, um, you'd be, you would laugh. Um, I was very, very shy mm. and I was quiet. I never really dated until my 
late, late, late teens, early 20s. Um, I think my first girlfriend was like, I was 21. I mean, my real girlfriend, sure. my real girlfriend, right? Um, but you know what? It was funny. I moved around as a young kid. Like my parents got divorced, unfortunately. And, and it took the divorce about, about six years to finalize. Wow. So it, it sucked. Like I was 10. It didn't finalize till I was 16. My mom sort of kind of bailed on us. So my father picked up the picked up the reins and and sort of helped and 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 raised me on my on his own, and so I bounced around and so I actually got transferred to a high school, who I was one of fifty white kids in the whole school. It was an extremely diverse uh, high school, which I was deathly afraid of. Believe it or not, like the town that I came from always talked about the town that I moved to, like it was like it was Harlem. Like it was this scary place and I was mortified. I'm not going to lie. And I remember my freshman year, my sophomore year, I basically didn't talk to anybody. And it wasn't until my late junior year that I actually started like making friends. And um, I actually became what, what they still call me to this, to, to this day as the cool ass white bread. <laughs> And you know what? It, it, it taught me a lot. It taught me that um, you need to be your own self. You need to be you. You cannot try to be someone else or be another ethnicity. <laughs> I seen a lot of that when I was growing up, like the, the white kids trying to be black and the, like, it just didn't work. And those guys like constantly got made fun of and picked on and bullied and like, I just was like, yeah, I, I, I dressed a certain way, but I never tried to act like I was somebody I wasn't. And that is what they respected. Mm. And uh, that's, how I be, that's how I started to build my, friends, my friendship in high school. Then I got to college and I started to come into myself a little bit. Um, and that's when I really started to, you know, get into the dating scene. And I was never serious dating in, high, in, in college because I was an opportunist. <laughs> I was somebody that just went out there and made, I made all the friends in the world. I always had a, I always had a, a crew. And, um, you know, I realized that, like, if you want to get anywhere in life, you have to build the right relationships and you've got to build those friendships. And uh, to this day, I, I, I a lot of my values are based around that. Hmm. So how, how do you then think about how to build these relationships? Like talk to the young, like 18, 19, 20 year old listener who wants to start building their network, connecting with successful individuals. Like how would you recommend they go about doing that? And how did you start doing that? Yeah. So I was always, I always had the gift of gab. The one thing that my mother, God rest her soul, gave me was the gift of gab. So as shy as I was, when you got to know me, you couldn't shut me up. <laughs> and I was like, always trying to make people laugh. I always tried to make people feel good about themselves. Uh, I'll take you back to a story of back in fourth grade. Wow. And this is where it all kind of happened for me. So my parents were going through a divorce. And you know, when you were in school and like you would have to read a chapter like in class and like everybody took a paragraph, right? Yeah. And they went around the room. Well, I find they finally got to me and I like, broke down hysterically crying and mrs harris her name was i'll never forget her uh she was like henry what's the matter and i was like i can't do this and she was like well why not and this is in front of the class like i'm i'm hysterical 
And I was like, my parents are going through a divorce and I don't know what to do. And, and so she was like, guys, everyone closed their books. She came out from underneath or behind her desk and sat down and said, this is what we're going to talk about going forward. And she broke down divorce and relationships and family and this and that. And I, she started asking me all these questions and I was like answering them. And, and she goes, this was crazy. She goes, how many other people in this room are, have parents that are going through a divorce? And like 15 people raised their hand. And I was like, looking back, this is so, this is a great teacher, right? This is a yeah. great teacher. So crazy enough, dude, by the end of the class, I am in the back room where the coat closet is. And one by one, students, fellow classmates are coming up to me asking me for advice. I don't know how she positioned it. That's a little foggy. Like, I don't remember how that all exactly went down. But all I remember was Mrs. Harris made it so that people were coming up to me asking me for advice. And that just lit me up. I felt like I am on this planet for a reason. I almost died when I was two. My parents, when they were together, tried 16 years to have a child, could not get pregnant. And so when I hear that story growing up, I say, I'm here on borrowed time. I'm going to make every minute count. I'm here to help people. It just so happens now that my, my creator blessed me with design skill and, and, and branding skill and communication skills to help other people build business. And that's, that's sort of my mission, my, my, my mission, vision, and purpose of, of life. And so it, it all started around fourth grade. <laughs> that is wild. So like bouncing off of that now, how, how did you move forward in, in, like sort of the entrepreneurial space or like the, the business space and turn that into like the connections that you've been making with these high level influencers. So crazy. So, um, I, I'm trying to go as fast as I can cause it's, it's, <laughs> it's drawn out story. So, um, went through college. Don't remember a goddamn thing that I re- learned. Right. All I, all I remember is a couple things. All right. Mm. The one thing was my guidance counselor, or I forget what he was called advisor at the time. Uh, he was a really cool dude, Spanish dude, really, really sharp dresser, like <laughs> very good with the ladies, you could tell, right? And I remember him saying to me, the one that shows the least interest always wins. Because I had went to him one day for a dating advice. And he said, the one that shows the least interest always wins. And that always stuck with me to, to this day. So I used that philosophy throughout life and it's helped me tremendously, uh, especially in my dating life, in my, in my past life. I'm married now. Uh, but um, that helped me tremendously. But it got me into school. I, I'm sorry. It got me into my nine to five. Um, I was using connections because I graduated right when 9-11 went down. So nobody was hiring. Mm. So I, got, I used connections. My uncle was building the children's hospital at the time. So you leverage, you know, you le- you leverage your connections. So I got in there. I worked there eight years. I started cleaning coffee pots in the same day surgery center, like really bottom of the barrel job. Worked my way up into the children's hospital as a special events um, director for sudden infant death syndrome. And what I was responsible for was creating special events and fundraisers for SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. 
And what I was able to do was take that money that I raised and create other events that brought all the families in the state of New Jersey together as a support. And so I did that for about five years and um, I needed tons of marketing materials created in order to blow those events up. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to Z100, one of the biggest radio stations on the planet, uh, reached out cold turkey to one of the morning show hosts, Danielle Monero. She's still on the show today. Mm-hmm. And she said, yes, I would love to help you with your next event. And so she brought me on. I didn't, I didn't never got to meet Elvis, but she brought us on and, and helped us promote but I needed, I needed design work done to promote these events. So one of my buddies was a graphic designer, showed me design, and I go, holy shit, I want to learn graphic design. And so I convinced my boss after that event to get Photoshop, and I started grinding. I took that laptop home, and I learned design. I didn't even have a mouse. I had the mouse pad, and I would, <laughs> I would literally design with the mouse pad on the on the laptop and I started to build a little side hustle. I stayed another about 24 months at the hospital and the hospital started to kind of catch on of what I was doing a little bit. Uh, They were downsizing. So they were uh, making me do like these real menial tasks for Mm -hmm. half the day. They cut my, they cut my time in half. So I I saw the squeeze and eventually they said, listen, uh, by come the new year, you are going to be uh, someone's secretary. Uh, and um, if you want to stay great, but if not, you know, you could, you can, you can leave. And I said, I'm out. And so I went in the first year that I, I, I started my job as a, as a designer, as I took the, I took the side hustle full time, I did $248,000 in revenue and I hustled my ass off 20 hour days, uh, working for free getting in the, uh, I started in the nightlife industry and then, the, so I, I, I was a club dude. So I went out and I, I was in the clubs and, and, uh, doing all the club flyers for the clubs and eventually got old and re- kind of retired, if you will, and moved on to the more corporate world. But, um, a lot of things has happened in between. So I don't know where you want to go from here, but that's kind of where we, where we're at at this point. For sure. So what was the draw to graphic design for you? Like when your buddy showed that to you, like what made you so like, I want to do this? So I felt like I was playing God. Hmm. I really felt like I was playing God. Like there's like, you can actually create something from nothing. And that was one of the things that really drew me to um, design because you can literally take an idea and start to create it. And that was when I got hit and bit by the create creative bug, right? I, like you ask me right now to draw something on a piece of paper. I'm drawing you stick figures. I can promise you that. Like I am not an artist by any means, but I always, always, always had an eye for premium. I'll give you a funny story. So my parent, my father was a shop mechanic for UPS for 30 years. My mom never really could hold a job. So, um, I, I didn't get my work ethic from her by any means, but I got my work ethic from my dad. The guy worked four freaking jobs to, to raise me by himself. And so I was always a hustler. I've been working since I was 13, mowing lawns. I was at food town, pushing carts, like stocking shelves. I did, I, I, I did it. I did it. Um, and what happened was when I got into design, I realized like, wow, you could create anything you want. 
right? Mm-hmm. So, and the, oh, this is where I was going with this. So came from a really, really like lower middle class family to having an uncle who was a multimillionaire, huge construction company still to this day and like lifestyles of the rich and famous, this guy, right? And every time I would go up there and visit him, I was like drawn to the stuff, you know? And I was like, I want that when I get older. And my father still has the 74 Chevy pickup truck to this day. It sits in the driveway. And I'll never forget it. I used, when I used to go on dates and get picked up, I would make him drop me off around the corner because it was so hideous looking, right? <laughs> that was me. And I said, when I become of age and when I'm able to afford it, I will never drive a car like this. And so I was stuck. And so I was driven by money back in, back in the day. And it got me into some serious trouble. Um, I spent every dollar I made. So I was making a lot of money in my early 20s and I spent every nickel. Had I kept that, reinvested it, grew it, built the brand, I would be doing this interview on like my yacht, <laughs> right? But I didn't. And that was one of the big mistakes that I made. And I teach my clients now that come through my program, like that is not the way to go. And um, so I've, I've become over the years very financially intelligent and I know how much money to keep now because that's what counts. It's, it's how much money you keep, not how much money you make. So when you see these clowns online screaming, you know, I made $400,000 in three days. Well, what did it cost you to do that, right? So don't be um, so quick to believe. There's a French Montana song. I see, again, I'm going back to hip hop. I love French Montana and I love Raekwon the chef. And Raekwon's from Wu-Tang. And they did a collab on, 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 on Raekwon's latest album. And French Montana says, don't believe everything you hear and only believe half of what you see. Because that's just how it be. Don't ask me why. But that is the truth. So, you know, I realized that my uncle had all this fancy shit, but he was one of the most insecure people that I ever met. And he was very, very broken inside. And as I got older and started to see all that kind of unravel, like I said, was it worth it? Right. And I did some crazy shit too, as a kid. Like, so when I was growing up, I had this chip on my shoulder because everybody wanted to work for my uncle because it was just an easy path to a lot of money. Right. All my, all my cousins are set. They all drove Mercedes. They all, drove, they all had nice houses. They were all set. Me, I said, I don't know if I want to go to construction route. Now, when things were getting, I thought I did as a kid, but then I was like, eh, you know, I see something else here, right? And so I wanted to prove to everybody that I'm the one nephew, the one cousin, the one, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that doesn't need uncle Joe to be successful. And so I went and that was my chip on my shoulder and that drove me and I became extremely successful. However, I rubbed it in a lot of people's faces and it, and my whole family turned on me, the whole family to this day. I only speak to one cousin, two cousins at most. And I have 17 cousins gone like that. 
aunts and uncles, even my, even the uncle that I speak of, we don't, we all, we, when we see each other, we're fine. Like out in public, we see each other, we're fine. Like, but nobody talks to me anymore. And, and had I realized that this was going to cost me my family, I probably would have done things a little differently. So for all you folks that are listening or watching, I want you to pay attention to that because, you know, if I could go back and change that, I would, you know, um, and it's not about the money. It's not, yes, you need to be, you need to be conscious of money and know your numbers and, and you're profitable because that's what being in business is all about. But if you make it all about the money, your, your audience is going to smell that out. They're going to feel that. And they're not going to be long-term clients. And it's going to be a churn and burn relationship where that you're always going to need new clients. And that's a lot of work. Where my clients, I typically work with them throughout the year. And I don't have to work with many clients. I worked with eight clients last year, made more money than... 48 clients in 2017. So it's all about building relationships. Hmm. That's huge. So when you were starting off um, and, and, and you grew this business to, to a multi six figure business, like with, with graphic design, when you first dove into it, did you have like mentors in this space? Did you have people showing you the ropes or were you really just like failing forward and just like taking action? So that's a great question. So I had a couple people along the way. Um, I had this one designer who was just really good at, at club flyer design and we became friends. And this is funny. I never really talked about this before until this, this, this is like an exclusive. Ooh, young smart money exclusive guys. So, so, so I was enamored by this guy's style. Like this guy was really, really good. And so I remember his, his, the owner of the design firm that he worked for, uh, he would do all my printing. And so when I would go up there to pick up my printing, I would always go to Swift and I would say, oh man, I love that design. Like, it's so awesome. And he would be like, oh, here's how I did this. And he would show me like these little things. Here, the owner of the firm's going, shut up, Swift. Oh, he's our competitor. Like, don't, like, right? Because they did the same thing. But we, so we became friends. And when I started to get smarter instead of working harder, what I used to do was this. I went to Swift and I said, Swift, how much money would you take from me if I could buy the, your old flyer Photoshop files? And use them as templates. Now, I said I would promise that I would never, I would have to manipulate them to a point where they were somewhat unrecognizable because I don't want people to think like, you know, I'm using your shit, but would you be open to that? And he said, yes. So what I used to do was I would, I would give him a few hundred dollars. I made it worth it. He would drive to my house with his terabyte drive and I would, we would literally sit there for two hours and I would pick like 50 designs. He would download them onto my computer and then I was now able to turn around design in like, 10 minutes <laughs> versus like the hour it used to take me to do it. So now I was cranking. So that was mentor number one. Then I, I, I needed to scale. I was, I was, I was basically hitting that glass ceiling. I, I wasn't making more than like 13,000 a month. So I had to get to the, I was, I was wanting 20,000 a month, 
So when I went to Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels and asked for his mentorship, he was way out of my league. Mm. And here's another story that I was, that, that's, that, that your audience will enjoy. So I, was, I hit rock bottom. I was broke. I had no money in the bank. I had a few grand in a safe cash. And my, um, my, my client base was dwindling. Like it was, it was basically on E. And I said to my wife one day, we're, you know, listen, I don't have any more money. I drove the business to the ground. I don't know what to do. So instead of divorcing me, she got on the, she got on the bandwagon and helped me. And, and, and that's how I found Russell because I was searching for podcasts and stuff. But I get to Russell and he's got a program for $10,000. And I'm like, I, I don't even have that kind of money. Like I'm, I never spent $10,000 on anything before. And I remember talking to the salesperson and I said, it's not if this works, it's when this works. So if you're willing to take $5,000 on a credit card right now and allow me to pay off the other five in, in five months, would you let me come in this program? And so they did the whole spiel. Hold on a second. You know, let me wait. Right? He comes back. He's like, yeah, we could do that. So I did it. And I remember like uh, gasping for air. Finally, I get to Russell and we're talking and we're, we had 60 minutes together on our first call and we're both hysterical crying 20 minutes in. And I told him my whole story. And on the spot, he paid me $6,000 to help him with his first book launch, .com Secrets. And that, yep. And that was a turning point in my life. I never got paid six grand for anything. And he gave me the confidence to take this business to the next level. Within 18, 16 months, I generated over a half a million dollars in revenue. I made my 10 Gs back in six weeks. And from there, I went on to win the Two Comma Club Award last year. And it was, it was all over from there. Like I just crushed and, and it was just now, how do I scale? How do I build out a team? How do I replace myself? Because I can't design anymore. That's, that, that's going to take away the time, the high level work that I need to do with my clients. And um, so now it's, it's, it's um, I have a team of 12 people that actually work underneath me, all virtual. So the agency is completely virtual, four different continents, um, four different time zones. And we rock and we rock. So now it's to the point where I'm working with clients. Minimum level of engagement one-on-one is $10,000. We just closed another brand accelerator client last week. And we do all the strategy work with the client to help them build their brand. And then we actually do all the execution work. So we build the funnels, we build the websites, we build the identities, we build the messaging. Um, we build the communication skills. We, we help them with lead gen. We do all of that. We help them with their sales process. And I basically give them 13 years of my experience in that program. And um, that's what I'm doing at this level. And it's, it's, it's just a blessing, dude. Yeah. So, man, clearly a lot of things are happening very quickly for you. Um, what, what switch flipped or like what changed? What allowed you to, to exponentially grow so quickly? I was thinking about this recently, dude. And, and you know what? It, it, it came down to... Um, really becoming self-aware and really knowing myself. <laughs> Going back to where we started this conversation, I was an extremely insecure 
person. I had a high receding hairline when I was 16 years old from wearing hats. So that was very self-conscious. I was very self-conscious about that. I'm short. I'm only about five, six, five, seven. So I've always had, uh, once I got into college, I became very self-conscious of my height because in Pennsylvania, where I went to college, everybody's like six foot. <laughs> here in New Jersey, average, average height of a guy is like five, seven. So I was in my element here. But when I, you go outside of New Jersey, everybody's like giants. So like became extremely self-conscious uh, of my height. Um, I have a thick accent from Jersey. So people think like, oh, well, he's just, you know, he's a, some street kid that doesn't know anybody. He's stupid. Like, you know, and all of that would play on me. And so I was extremely insecure and I would buy things to make people think I was popular and uh, successful and, and all of that. And I realized like none of that means shit. Nobody cares. Nobody except for you. So I, I started to really master myself. I got into deep, deep, deep personal development and self-care. I used to kick myself. I used to brutal, I used to verbally abuse myself to the point where I almost, I, I, I would get on the verge of suicide because I just wasn't comfortable in my own skin. And I know a lot of folks out there, I have, I have, probably a half a dozen friends that I grew up with that committed suicide. And it was very sudden, like you didn't even see it coming. And it was, it's scary. And, you know, I, I have a 20, 20 month, 21-month-old son. And I, I promised myself when he was born that I will do anything it takes to make sure that he grows up mentally strong because our minds are our muscles just like anything else and if we don't take it to the gym every day it gets flabby it gets weak it gets soft and eventually it 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 becomes a health risk if you will so i i i dove deep into personal development and and that has helped me tremendously really come into myself as a person and what i could tell you is if you ever want to grow a business, if you ever want to create great long lasting relationships, it starts with you. See, the world gives you what you deserve. It doesn't give you what you want or you need. So when people come to me and they ask me for all these things, I say, what have you done thus far to deserve any of that? Right? If you want the great looking girl or if you want the great looking guy, if you want the big business with all the money, if you want you know, to travel the world. What are you doing to deserve all of that? See, the law of attraction is the real deal. It really is. And I didn't know anything about that spiritual stuff until I started digging deep a little bit. Now, I'm no woo-woo guy by any means, but I, I do believe that there is something greater than, than us. And there's energies out there that make things happen. You know, it was funny. I was listening to a I actually was talking about a Method Man, Mary J. Blige song yesterday in a, in, a, in, a, in a post. And I jumped in my truck and I was driving to go pick up my son. And again, I'm, I'm listening to a, a, a random hip hop channel on Apple and that song comes on. Like, come on. <laughs> right? Like, come on. 
<laughs> like, so what I've started to get really good at is asking the world for things and not being afraid or uh, shy about it. Like when I make my goals for the week on Sunday afternoons, I do it religiously now. I say, I, I'm going to generate $20,000 in revenue this week. And I'm like matter of fact about it. And it sounds hokey, but it's crazy. Last week, I had my team meeting with, my, my, with, with everybody and I ran down the goals because it's the beginning of the month. And I ran down the goals for the month with them. Two days later, $10,000 was in the bank. One client paid in full. Come on. There's something else out there that's greater than, than what we're doing right now or what we think life is. So don't be afraid to get out there and ask for what it is that you want and watch how it shows up. Mm -hmm. That's, that's super interesting. So as far as like training your brain and, and building that, that mental fortitude, how would you advise a young listener to start doing that? Like what are some exercises that you do um, or just what are ways that you make sure you to keep your brain in check? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's an app out there. It's $4.99. It's called the five minute journal. Download it. I'm telling, I use it religiously. Pay the $5. I'm telling you it's a game changer. So it starts with the morning ritual. So it actually will hit you up at eight o'clock or seven o'clock and be like, time to write in your journal. And so it's hard to, it's hard to ignore, but it asks me three things that I'm grateful for every morning and every day. And it, and it doesn't have to be these crazy big things. Like it could be like, I'm happy that it's sunny out today. Like, it's funny. And like, I don't look, I don't, I don't state the obvious all the time. I go for the little things because those are the things that we often mislook, right? Or overlook, I should say. So three things I'm grateful for. What are three things that are going to happen today that's going to make today awesome? That's another three questions that I got to ask. So it gets really specific. And, and it's, it's in threes for a reason. Our brain and our mind likes to process things in threes. So keeping it simple. So... And then it asks what my, what my affirmation for the day is. And this is something that I don't change. This is something that I write, and I can say it to you because I've been saying it since January, but it starts with I am dot, dot, dot. And for me, I write every single day. I'm a millionaire that influences thousands of people each day, helping them level up their standards, and scale their expertise by teaching them, serving them, and leading them while still achieving my personal and financial goals and being the best father, son, and husband I can be. I lead by example, and I pave the path to a more fulfilling life and a business you're proud to promote every day. That keeps you in check, okay? And then at the end of the night, it, it pings you and it says, what are three things that happened today that made it great? So I write it down. And then what's one thing that you could have done to make today even better? And I write it down. So that's, that's one way. The other way is, is I follow from, I only follow about three influencers at a time and I consume my 
my content from them in 90 day chunks. Hmm. So I go in and right now, Patrick, Pet David, you had him on the show. Yep. So I'm, 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 I'm diving deep into his stuff right now and pulling from him, right? For 90 days from now, I'm going to switch to somebody else. So right now it's Patrick, Bet David, Ed Milet, um, and Jim Quick. Mm. Those are my three guys right now, right? And 90 days from now, I'll switch it and I'll pick another three. That has really served me well by not getting overwhelmed and not getting information that conflicts itself or, mm. or, or right because everybody's saying a different thing right so i try i hate that because we're so overwhelmed with with information it's hard to it's hard to digest so that's that's another way that i do it um i think what else can i give you guys those are some rituals yeah sure. those are, yeah those are some rituals you know and, and just planning like you got to prepare like every, every beginning of the month, like don't start your month until it's finished. That's an old Jim Rohn quote, yeah. right? Don't start your day until it's finished. Don't start your week until it's finished. Plan that shit out because man, does it change your world? Like when you show up ready. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, straight up. I mean, I never, I mean, every single morning, I'm out, well, the night before, um, I plan out the entire next day because I want to have a game plan. I want to know what I'm going to be doing and when so that I don't just wake up and I'm like, oh, what, what should I do now? Like, I could do this or I could do that or I could work on this thing. And, and just having that game plan from the get just, just gets me right into my day and, and just like accomplishing things right off the bat. Let me ask you a question. Why are you doing this? Podcasting? Yeah. Yeah, so my mission is to empower 100,000 young people to live a life that makes them feel fulfilled um, and excited every single day. So right now, I've just found podcasting to be such an effective way to do that because I'm able to reach hundreds of thousands of people um, with, with the show. So it's, it's just the best way for me to reach those people. And where did that drive come from? That drive? Um, like, like the goal itself, my motivations behind it. But you voted that the motivations behind it. You didn't wake up one day and be like, oh, I'm going to serve 100,000 people kids this today like where did that come from it just came from me feeling lost and feeling like the, the system that was built around me wasn't taking me to the place that I wanted to go to and seeing my friends feel so lost in the same system like all of us were, were just feeling so like like we want to do something but we don't know what and we don't know how and we don't know who to learn from and so I just wanted to go out there and like find people that, that could teach myself and, and the people around me the things that, that they had learned to, to create the life that makes them feel empowered. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. Like my wife and I talk about this all the time, but like I got another 18 years until my little guy's ready for college. And, and I'm not quite sure if college is going to be as um, one of those like must do's right yeah. at that point. I just don't like something's going to have to correct itself. It's extremely expensive. Um, you know, you have a whole bunch of people talking to you that, uh, it, it, it's all like philosophy. It's mm -hmm. all like, uh, like it's, it's theory. It's all theory. Like when I got my master's degree in business management, that curriculum was set up very interesting. So the Dean of the program only hired adjunct professors that were actually doing what the course was about. And like, that was a game changer for me because I remember I had this high, really, really high paying 
high paid lawyer as one of my profs. I forget the class, but dude, this guy was so sharp. I literally was at the edge of my seat. I must have went through like three pens. Like, because I couldn't write enough down. And that was like, my master's degree taught me a lot. And Pat talked about it the other day on my show where he said, the people that I'm really driven towards is the ones that know their shit and are doing it. And are doing it. And so now, you know, I've been doing this for 13 years. You know, it's, it's, it's now that confidence and experience and the belief, right? You asked me, you asked me a question before, like what flipped, what switch flipped? Mm-hmm. So I'll never forget it. I have a, I have a, I have a text message. Why well, I, I have this picture on my phone and I sent it to my father. It it's a, it's a, um, and if you take my personal brand training, I, I'll, I'll give you the link later. Sure. Um, I actually talk about it in that training, but I sent the picture of a check that I received from a client last year. I sent it to my dad and it was a check made out for $40,000. And I sent it to my dad in a text and I said, dad, what makes this happen? Why do you think I'm closing these kind of deals? And he wrote back experience. And I said, okay, fair enough. Now I went to my mentor and I said, why do you think I'm, this is happening? Is it experience? My father thinks it's experience and I believe it. He said, yeah, that's part of it. He said, why I think you're closing those deals is because you believe you deserve it. And I was like, ah. (laughs) You know when like the mic drops and like you hear the, like, and it's just like, ah. And that's the God awful truth, man. So, you know, when I, when I look at, when I review my, 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 my training calls or sales calls, like, and I, 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 I critique myself when I listen to my podcasts over, when I look at my videos, I'm soft on myself. Like, like, like I have a critical eye, but I'm not going to pound myself. Like, Oh, you said 13 ums in this video. Like that's not how I critique myself. I'm not going to, going to verbally abuse myself anymore. If, if I don't say it, if I wouldn't say it to a five-year-old child, I wouldn't say it to myself. That's a, sort of a law that I have now with myself. But when I look back and I critique that, I say, how can I make this better? And I can see how I, how different I communicate than three years ago, you know, two months ago. It's so different. So you always want to be improving. Like, the, what, what really helped me scale was realizing that graphic design is a commodity now. Anybody can do it. And what makes me so special? Why would somebody pay me $100,000 for a project and not $100 off of Fiverr? And I said, the value that you deliver to the marketplace. So if you solve bigger problems... For your clients, they will cut you bigger paychecks. 
And how you do that is by listening more than you speak. Mm. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Took me 38 years to figure that out. <laughs> but that is, that is it. So, you know, you, you, you start solving those bigger problems. You start to see those, those opportunities and they will cut you big checks. And how you do that, you got to ask deep questions and you can't be afraid to ask questions. When I was growing up, uh, I would ask my dad tons of questions and he would respond with, what are you writing a book? And he would dismiss me. And I love my father to death. He's my best friend. I mean, we have great relationship together. So I don't want you to think I'm bashing pops. But that did me a, a disservice because as I got into my older years, I was afraid to ask questions. I didn't know the painting, the, the, the big pain points of my clients. I didn't know why people did certain things because I never asked because I was afraid. I had a shit client years ago that said to me, you don't need to be asking me these questions. I hired you to, to design a funnel, not to be asking me all this question. So go design the funnel. And he hangs up the phone on me. Again, for me, that hurt, like personally, right? It made, it made me scared to even challenge a question. Never mind, ask it. And that built up over time. And I realized that the core issue of all of my, my disasters in my business career, we can go we could do a whole nother show about that. But it all came down to me not asking the deep questions. And so now I don't give a fuck who you are, excuse my language, but I will ask you a question and put you on the spot. And I'm not, I'm not concerned with how you're going to respond because I know me and I'm comfortable with me. So you can't, unless you try to slug me across the face, I'm not afraid of you. And even if you did try to swing at me, I'm still not afraid of you. And that, that's where you really need to start to know yourself. You got to master self. When you master self, everything gets easier, man. And you, you, you get this, you get this sixth sense. I'll give you, you have time for a story quick. So I have this client. Well, I had this client, big, big, big name in the industry. I'm not going to say who it is, but I didn't realize the ego on this guy. And he was a big bully, right? He was quick to pay me, pay me top dollar. So he was good in that sense, right? But what came along with that was awful. So we start working together and he wants to dictate the process. He's not following the process, doesn't respect the process. He's constantly, so Jekyll and Hyde, he gets on one call with me. He's, he's happy as a pig and shit, gets on another call with me. He wants to put a gun to my head. He actually used those words. He goes, I want to take 
the gun off your forehead. So we're going to do this a little bit differently going forward. So we get into this. We, 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 the, the, you can tell that the, the, the project isn't going anywhere, right? So I finally say to him, listen, I'm done. I'm done torturing you. <laughs> listen, uh, let's just, let's just, you're not a bad guy. I just, we're just, this is a bad date. <laughs> we've all, we've all been on it before. Right. So, um, I said, I would, I would give him most of his, most of his money back, but I need to cover my expenses. I have my team working on, we spent 50 hours together, right? Yeah. 50 hours working on the job. I mean, I, I, I don't work for free. So, but some of the things, the point of the story is this, by knowing self, by not being afraid of a bully, I was able to see his insecurities from a mile away. And I just saw a broken man who needed a big hug. And I didn't take what he was telling me um, personally. Because there was, there was tons of times where he, he would try to cut me down. He'd give me an He would say, bro, my businesses are way bigger than yours. He's like, dude, you work out of your home. What does that have to do with anything? What does that matter? Right? And I'm sure your listeners have been, been called names and, and try and cut down and, and, and tried to be bashed. Here's what I realized. When people do that to you, you have something that they don't have. And to this day, I truly believe that he saw how secure I was and that frat rattled his cage. And you weren't going to bully me. <laughs> you know, you weren't going to bully me. And, and that's kind of, a, that's, that's what I saw. And, you know, you, you, you see things, you see things. Like you said, I was on my way to a New York City for a client meeting when I, when I was having this, this conversation with the guy. And the guy says to me, huh, what? You're going to New York City? Why aren't you working on my project? You're going to the city? I was like, dude. I have other clients besides you, my friend. Right? Like, so had, I, had this been Henry 1.0 five years ago, I probably would have turned around, canceled my appointment in the city, and worked like, in, like a moron only to be dismissed and rejected after putting in God knows how many hours of work. So a couple books that I want to recommend. One is The Four Agreements. Great, great book. Don, Don Luis Miguel, something, I forget the author's name. Um, that was a phenomenal book. Um, there is a book called Win Without Pitching Manifesto by Blair Enns. And if you're in the creative space, it does, you don't have to be a designer. You could be anything creative. You could be a service provider. A book that must be read. You will completely rewire the way you think about pricing 
your service. And that has, that book alone has helped me work with <laughs> four times less clients that I used to work with and I make more money and I have more time and I do things when I want to do things with who I want to do things when I want to do things. And it has changed my game. And then there's an audible for those folks that love audible. Honest to God, you don't have to listen to another motivational speaker or personal development guy on the planet. If you just buy this audible, it's $40. It is the, Best of Jim Rohn Library. Mm. Dude, everything that you hear from all these newbies <laughs> all come from this. It's recycled, yeah. There's, like, there's no reason to listen to anybody else. You just listen to that. So it's 11 hours, and I literally, I've probably listened to it six times since I bought it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And it just starts to melt in your brain. And that, that's just such a game changer. And so I just, I just hope, I hope what I'm telling you is helping you and helping your audience. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I'm going to go out and buy that Jim Rohn like right off after we get off this call because like I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jim Rohn and I can never get enough of his stuff. So I'm glad you just shared that with me, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it, it changed really the way that I, 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 I talk to people. I interact with people. You know, he talks about how, like, you got to go through life in style. Like, you got to create a style about yourself and make it original. And he was the one that introduced me to the tip philosophy. So he was like, why do people go to restaurants and always tip at the end? Hmm. Sophisticated, successful people, they don't take the service lightly like they will not they will not risk bad service they won't because their time is too valuable right mm. so he said do you know what tip stands for to ensure promptness so you know what i do when i go out and say it's a restaurant or say it's a bar i will give the girl or a guy a 20 dollar bill before i even sit down and all I say is, and they look at me so strange. They're like, what's this? I go, just don't forget about us today. We want to have a great time here. And then what happens, and I tell you, it works like a charm. What happens is called the hover. You got a drink. You got your food for You got everything. It is like a five-star <laughs> premium right, experience. Because you took care of them up front. And it's the law of reciprocity, my friends. What you give up front is what you're going to get back tenfold. You can't expect anything. You just got to do it. You know, I do free live trainings one hour a week to whoever wants to come. It's a brand. They, I call them brand audits. They come. It's a Zoom call. There's probably about 50 people that show up now on a regular. I've been doing them for about four weeks now. Mm -hmm. But I just, they come on, they give me their URL, they give me their social media platforms, and I basically critique their whole, their whole mm. brand for free. 
for free. Yeah. And they come back. They join my group coaching program, the brand doctors. They come back. They come into the brand accelerator program. They buy my brand yourself course. They do all of that because of what I give them for free up front. The guy that just closed 10 grand brand accelerator client last week, I said, why'd you, why'd you come on board? Just curious. 10,000 bucks is a lot of money. He said, the amount of value and education that you give away on social media for free made me believe that you can help my wife and I. So you got to give. So I am out of time, my friend. 100%. Well, where can our listeners go to uh, find out more about you, follow up with you, and learn more about what you're up to? Sure. So Unique Designs with a Z at the end, not an S, <laughs> dot net. So you go to, and then there's the Brand Doctors podcast on iTunes. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube, the Brand Doctor. I'm on Instagram, the Brand DR. And I'm on Twitter too. It's like the Brand underscore Doctor DR. <laughs> I'm not a big Twitter guy, but you can catch me there. So you just, just search it. You'll find me. Awesome. And I'll be sure to link up all those in the show notes as well. Henry, it has been an absolute pleasure. I'm very thankful for you and your time and choosing to share it here with us on Young Smart Money. You got it, brother. Thank you for having me. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Young Smart Money. Again, if you guys did enjoy the show, do remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help us get in front of more people with the show. It helps you hear from even more amazing guests. It just makes the world go round when you do smash that five-star in iTunes iTunes. And if you guys want me to shout you out in my Instagram story, I am always up for that. So if you send a screenshot of your review to Apple Crater Official on Instagram, shoot me a DM of that or just tag me in it. Would love to repost it on my short story and give y'all a shout out there. Otherwise, I hope you guys do have a wonderful day, whether you're out walking the dog, whether you are at the gym, whatever you are up to on this fine day. I hope it is a splendid one and I will see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful day.